Welcome to the In The Clouds podcast. In The Clouds is a marketing cloud podcast powered by Lev, the most influential marketing-focused Salesforce consultancy in the world. Lev is customer experience obsessed, and podcast hosts Bobby Tishy and Cole Fisher have partnered with some of the world's most well-known brands to help them master meaningful one-on-one connections with their customers. In this podcast, they'll combine strategy and deep technical expertise to share best practices, how-tos, and real-life use cases and solutions for the world's top brands using Salesforce products today. Cloud's podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a couple of new features that Salesforce Marketing Cloud has launched in the recent months. Uh, some of them are super exciting and brand new features to the platform. Some of them are transitions in feature sets to the platform. So uh, six main things we want to talk through, interactive email, single send journey, sub- subscriber counts at send time. Easy for you to say. <laughs> okay. Subscriber counts at send time. Say that 10 times fast. Uh, the interaction studio switch. A classic email retirement, as well as uh, some updates on the distributed marketing platform. So uh, starting on interactive email. So this is the, uh, the child of the Rebel acquisition that Salesforce made quite a few years ago now. And it was kind of in development for a long time. And interactive email provides the ability for you to create forms or surveys or uh, preference captures and put them right within your email. So think about at the most basic level, putting a form in your email that someone can actually fill out the form and submit it within the email. And that data can go right back into Salesforce Marketing Cloud or into Salesforce CRM, wherever you would like it to go. And that's been a big step too. I think like survey capabilities and things have always been kind of a hamstring of of like Salesforce and exact target. I love that you hit your hamstring when you said hamstring. (laughs) For those of us at home that need to know where the hamstring is. (laughs) Sorry, I started speaking with my hands. I I do a hand gesture like it matters. Um, But that's that's always been an issue is like, you know, we we always talk about like the conversion process and like limiting the funnel and just making the the steps, uh, you know, easier on on the end consumer or subscriber or whatever. And, you know, when we're, when we're talking about this, we have to unfortunately say like, oh yeah, you want to do a survey, that's a great idea. But you have to drive them somewhere else to be able to do that. Otherwise, you, you know, you're, you're not really, we, we can't actually do anything directly in email as we'd like to. Yeah. This has been a big step and a long time coming. I feel yeah, like. for sure. And the really cool thing about it too, uh, just a couple of quick hits. Uh, one is you're able to uh, dynamically, uh, the platform will dynamically be able to tell if the mail client that someone's opening it on can render that form or not if it can't you can actually select the content that appears instead whether that be a uh, link to an outside form or just another piece of content or you could just collapse it all together and so really how this works is on you're building these forms um, or these captures um, in cloud pages so just like you would create a smart capture form or if you write your own html and build all your forms there so what's really cool about it is you can build out all this amp script in a cloud page like you normally could or any other elements that you want um, and you can also use it as an entry into a journey. So there's a lot of really cool functionality as part of it. Highly recommend you guys take a look at interactive email. I believe it's uh, GA for most customers at this point. The next one that I was super excited about was the single send journey. And this has, uh, has been a long time coming where you were always able to send 
just one email out of a journey, but there wasn't any kind of different interaction or different workflow for doing that. And so now, at least in my opinion, I don't know that there's any reason to send an email, uh, an ad hoc or marketing email outside of Journey Builder with this new single send feature. So what it allows you to do is select your audience. You can do all of your filter criteria there. And if you've set Contact Builder up the right way and built your relational model to be completely connected, there's no reason you'll ever have to write a query because you'll be able to search for the field or go from table to table to select the field and the segmentation that you want. Um, so it's a really, really powerful feature that I, I think has been underplayed. I haven't really heard a lot of folks talking about it. And I think it's a big win for Salesforce, especially as they continue to innovate on Journey Builder. And then the last one I wanted to talk through were subscriber counts at send time. I first started working at Exact Target in 2010. And it has been an ask from every customer, almost every customer <laughs> more than a ever worked with, of wanting to know exactly how many subscribers or a, a better uh, uh, range of subscribers that I'm going to send to after accounting for unsubscribes and subscription preferences and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, what kind of a threshold am I up against? Am I like, what kind of unsubscribes? Like, what's the cost going to be right. on a single <laughs> send here? Like. Yeah, that's pretty game changer. Um, another one right now is is the sort of changeover in Interaction Studio. So internally, it's being called like 1.0 to 2.0. And, you know, we always like to use that terminology to boil it down. But basically, it was going from white-labeled Thunderhead to what is now the recent acquisition of the quality, recent acquisition, I should say, of Evergage. Um, and some of the big difference, there, there are a lot of, of, of uh, some, you know, subtleties and differences, but some of the big things that, uh, we're seeing up front is generally around A-B testing. So um, there, there's, a, there's a really good notion that I think the Evergage CEO pointed out that was, uh, was saying like when we do a, uh, an A-B test and let's say it's two pieces of content or whatever, and it's 60-40 and after a certain threshold, we decide, all right, this, you know, 60 is the winner. Now we apply that across the board. And inherently what's wrong with that is you're missing 40%. And so like, you know, that was, that was well qualified. So this is more like multi attribute where they're taking mm -hmm. into the considerations. What are the, what are the correlating factors with that other 40%? And so instead of blanketing a single winning piece of content or whatever that AB test was going towards, uh, instead of blanking that across an entire audience, we're just specifying who that more directly, uh, it, it, you know, pertains to it for a single audience. So it's, it's actually much more effective. It's really cool. Um, Another thing is the life, general lifecycle definition. Uh, and so we've seen, in, you know, 1.0 or Thunder had really cool um, analytics. Uh, and, and there are very cool but very different analytics right now around the lifecycle in Evergage where it's for you. I don't like the term out of the box necessarily, as we've, we've talked about before. But um, it, it doesn't necessarily uh, define all the events for you. And you can kind of change these. But it's this, like, recipe uh, approach, you know, rather than the rules-based approach. And the rules-based approach made this a heavier lift and, and, and more of a, a, a roll up the sleeves, more involved implementation in the fact that you had to define all those rules and then set them into motion and kind of see what's working in this life cycle. Because if you misdefine something in the life cycle, well, then you have to basically go back and reapproach this or you're, or you're finding out during the run, which, you know, that's what testing and optimizing is all about. But this is a little more easier you know an easier lift um straightforward so that's that's gonna be some pretty exciting changes uh with the 2.0 interaction studio here and i think what was exciting about it too was just to see how excited our delivery team and consultants were about evergage after they came back from the intensive training of not only all those things that you mentioned of really deep 
feature functionality, but also a lot of the lightweight stuff that it has, like an abandoned cart functionality or a light box functionality, mm -hmm. things that you would typically have to go to other providers for, or you know, customers might have a provider for a light box. They might have a provider for an abandoned cart solution. They might have a provider for email. Now there are kind of all those different solutions in that one interaction studio. Yeah, it does feel a lot more nimble in that case. Mm -hmm. um, Speaking about being nimble, if you're not nimble, you want, you'll, want to, you'll want to know about this. Uh, finally, talking about classic email retirement. So for new emails, that's basically now. Uh, June 2020, that's the cutoff for new emails in, in this retirement. Um, eventually, they'll get to knock out the edit. Uh, the classic email edit functionality uh, is scheduled for retirement in January of 2021. Yeah. So you got a few months to plan this out, but it's been a long time coming. They've been warning us until you know we're blue in the face and who wants to be using classic right now anyways oh god so. get on content builder <laughs> <laughs> do everyone a favor no. yeah <laughs> um and then lastly uh this was this is really cool it's it's a small it's a small feature functionality change but i feel like it's it's uh really helpful just kind of an, an organizational process so in distributing marketing uh now they, they actually have email frequency caps uh, and so the admin for distributed marketing in, in Salesforce can now say, well, I want to have a specific threshold that people can't uh, cross. And I can set that for, you know, a daily limit, a uh, weekly, monthly, whatever I want that to be. But you can no, you, you can no longer like blast, and multi, you know, send multiple emails or hit the same contact multiple times. So you can actually define your parameters of how, how much you want to allow, you know, sales agents or customer outreach or whatever it is to actually send um, emails to, to individual subscribers. So I think that's something that's, that's been uh, well overdue, but it's gonna be a really, really significant change for a lot of teams. Yeah, for sure. Distributed market has come a long way. It's only about, it's only a couple of years old at this point, and the product has really um, enhanced leaps and bounds they over put those a couple yeah. of years. They put a lot of time and energy into it, for sure. Yeah, they, and they've got, they've got smart, smart people working on those teams in Salesforce, too. Yeah. So uh, speaking of Salesforce and then moving on to completely unrelated, we were thinking, what was your favorite software or video game taking mm. Salesforce out of it? Well, clearly I love playing my video games on Salesforce mostly, <laughs> but um, um, no, my- uh, NHL know, 95 built on Salesforce. <laughs> <laughs> little known fact. Um, the wraparound, that was Benioff's idea. The wraparound really? goal every time, that was Benioff's idea. No. He's a genius. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I could go, I could go back to like, you know, a Sega Genesis or just, you know, but I'm going to go, I'm going to throw it real old school and say, you know, cause you always, you always love the, uh, street fighter NHL 94, or those, you know, throwback games. But yeah. I'm going to get real vintage and I'm going to go with two options here. We've got Oregon trail. Oh, uh, I'm talking like old Mac that's terrible. green screen or, or number munchers, oh, same man. machines, same old floppy disks. But like I, I basically I know how to count because of number munchers. Well, you mentioned number munchers the other day, <laughs> and I went to it and quickly realized that I don't I don't recall how many different there's, numbers there's are some, divisible by four. Yeah, there's some gaps in your prime numbers for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I uh, I Oregon Oregon Trail I never got into, although everybody who played it. You're just you're just jealous because you got diphtheria all the time. And <laughs> you could hunt nothing but squirrels. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> My my favorites were well yeah so my first console was Sega, um, but even as I had Sega um, we got Flight Simulator on the old mm. Windows ninety five which if anybody listening 
or anybody has ever landed a plane in Flight Simulator, the original Flight Simulator, I want to meet you because that was impossible. I had the joystick. <laughs> They're all I flying the planes keys. now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Um, I, but I also really enjoyed uh, Command and Conquer. Did you ever play that? Command and Conquer, no. So um, it was basically like this kind of like makeshift, uh, like protect your land, you know, war type of computer game uh, that I, I just sounded really, really nerdy. Um, <laughs> But uh, um, I think probably my all-time favorite video game. Mega Man. Contra. Nope. Blades of Steel. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> probably Tony Hawk. Oh, Tony Hawk. The original, which they're what? now re-releasing on PS4. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I, so I had Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. And, um, there, well, I realize there are two types of players for that game, though. Those are the people that, like, know what the, you know – triple quarter indie flip to a melon actually is and then there's me that i was just like going i would just mash the pad and like press all the buttons and then like half the time it, just, it lands in a face plant oh, but man. you know those gravity defying moves i don't know what i'm doing i'm just pressing I, buttons everywhere i remember it was about this time that i decided i was going to try real skateboarding <laughs> i would <laughs> love to see that my cousin bought me a skateboard like it was a nice one like it was a really nice deck with what are they, are they called trucks yeah yeah and like decent wheels and everything. We're so skater. Yeah. <laughs> I rode it one time and fell. Never rode it again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't mean I, I'm not even saying like I tried to go into a half pipe or anything. I just was going down the street and fell. <laughs> like no, that's it for no, me. No, the only skateboarding I did was like the you put one knee on and scoot with the other one. <laughs> and then I had my dog pull me, and I'd, I'd get fine. And then of course you hit a rock and it's all over. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Well, thanks for listening. As always, you can reach out to us at in the clouds at lovedigital.com, and we'll catch you next time.